My name is Paul. I'm a compulsive overeater. Patty. So I wrote just a couple of notes. Um, well, I actually qualify. I came into Overeaters Anonymous um, August 5th, 1983. Mm -hmm. So this is my 40th year in program. So I'm, I'm an old man. Yeah. Um, and uh, my top weight was 318 pounds, and this morning I weighed 176.4. So, yeah, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just, so anyway, God help me. That's what I say all day long, you know, just God help me. And that's really, uh, it's good because it's, I can say it and get away with it because I'm supposed to be talking about prayer meditation is one of the steps. But, um, we are not a glum lot. You know, I thought about that a little bit. Um, you know, what am I supposed to say? You know, I'm not really, uh, I mean, I was known as a funny kid. You know, I mean, I always had jokes. I mean, uh, I was always making people laugh and, uh, but I don't think I was, um, but I, I was still a, a glum person. I mean, I ate, I remember, I tried to think of when I was, I remember eating, um, came home from work, I was single at the time, I got, I'd been divorced, and um, I was watching television and eating, and I would um, fall asleep while watching the TV. And I thought it was just because I'm tired. Actually, I think it was I passed out on food. And um, I would wake up, and I was full. You know how you don't want to move so you'll throw up or something, you know? You know you're, you're that full. And, um, and um, yeah, I'd walk to the stove and get another hunk of pasta with tomato sauce and uh, go back to my seat, not wanting to eat, but eating anyway. And so, I, uh, that, I figured that's glum. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I came into program, um, I remember when I first, when I, I, I my abstinence goes back to uh, November, no, May 7th, 1986. So um, it took me uh, eight months to lose my weight, and um, I was high on my weight loss. So I wasn't glum, but after about a year or so on at goal weight, then I got um, f not fearful, terrorized, and I was rageful. And I wasn't used to these feelings because uh, I, I, I kid, I, I used to say uh, I was emotionally retarded when I came here because every time I had a feeling I ate and I never got to feel my feelings and I never got to deal with them in a, in a way that was where I was present. So um, feeling angry and fearful was really a wild thing um, when you're you're absent, and I, and I used to introduce myself, I'm Paul, I'm a compulsive overeater, I used to be morbidly obese, now I'm just morbid. <laughs> and, um, ha 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 ha. 
everybody laughs when I say this stuff, you know. But if you were living my life, you wouldn't have been laughing. And um, it's, uh, you know, I was told, my sponsor told me that I should sit on the couch and feel my feelings when it was time. When, when I got hungry and it wasn't feeding time, he would tell me to sit down and try and get in touch with my feelings. I've got mail, he would say. I'm old, you know, AOL, you've got mail. And, um, and I would try and do an inventory. And um, yeah, so like I say, um, I'm a year and a half abstinent. I mean, a year and a half would go away. And um, I'm really having a hard time. I come to a meeting and I say, and the meetings used to be big. This was, this was an average meeting when I, was, when I was younger. There were 350 people at the old first church meeting, you know. We're talking, there were some meetings. And uh, I stood up at the meeting and I said, uh, hey, I'm, I'm abstinent. Oh, everybody here says they're abstinent and they feel fine. I said, I'm abstinent, I feel like shit. And either you're all lying, or there's something wrong with me. And um, best share I ever had at a meeting. Uh, an old timer cap comes out of the audience and he says, you know, it gets a lot better, a lot quieter, if you do a written 10 step. I said, oh. He says, yeah. He says, I've got a format you can follow. And um, he gave me a format, and he connected me with a, a group, a small group of people who were abstinent and writing and reading their 10 steps. And so, uh, okay, so I, 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 took, uh, I took membership here in this group. And I was an engineer, so I had a desk job, and people could reach me during the day. And I would get phone calls with people who were writing 10 steps and reading them to me, right? And, um, and I could read mine to theirs, uh, uh, to them. So oh, I just, just jumped in, no introduction here. Okay, so I'm 10, 11, and 12, and, and you know, I've heard them, yeah. People do the first nine steps and they think, wow, you know? And it's really just like training. It's like introduction to a tenth step is nothing but one through nine. So all you did was get trained to do a tenth step. And uh, the idea for me, recovery, is it's just a long-term process. And the more you do it, the more you get recovery. So it's an action program. So, you know, I, I tell some sponsees, you know, this isn't Overeaters Analysis, this is Overeaters Anonymous. And, and um, it's an experiential program. It's not about reading the book and taking a test on Friday. And if you pass the test, you're all set. It's about doing it. And then it's, it's all modeled, for me, it's all modeled around my food. It's like um, when uh, I was told to find some people who had what I wanted and ask them how they got it. So I went to the Century meeting in San Francisco 
and I asked uh, about 10 guys who had lost 100 pounds or more and kept it off for 10 years or more, what they did. And they all told me that I couldn't keep eating a half a gallon of ice cream every night when I came home from work and expect to, to be uh, where I wanted to be. And, uh, oh, there we go, senior moment. Um, you just have to bear with me. Yeah, I'm 78. So, uh, so, um, I'll just jump right back in. Um, okay, so the format was that, that was given to me was I put the date and then I write, it's a letter to God, basically. That's what this thing is. And it's, uh, I know I have a problem. There's something bothering me. I'm either fearful or I'm really angry. And that's what started it. Now it's just anything that sort of puts me, uh, you know, uncomfortable. I know that I should be thinking about it, at least doing a spot check. And... Um, so it's the third step prayer. So it's, well, first step I got a problem. Second step I know God can restore me to sanity, so I'm going to be writing a tenth step. Third step prayer is the first thing I write. The fourth step is I, I write, um, I, I tell it in a story. That's just my way. And um, like I'm talking to somebody, and I write my story down. And... Um, of course, I read it to somebody afterwards, but um, I look for my defects, or I see what I'm powerless over. It gets me uh, to the point where um, that I can feel my powerlessness over it, and then I can ask God for help in the seventh step to, you know, make the seventh step prayer, write it down, and if I may. If I have to make amends, you know, I list people, but I learned quickly not to, uh, you know, stop before I started peeing on people's shoes because I didn't like making amends. And, um, and so that's a 10 step. And, and I brought one, you know, I, when I was cleaning out my closet, um, I had boxes of this stuff. And I started to throw them away. And then I, rem I, I, I thought to save some that are like archetypal, that would be useful to a, um, a sponsee if I was teaching, not teaching, sharing my experience, strength, and hope as how I do a 10-step and perhaps it would be helpful to them. Um, and so... This isn't an early one. My first one was in 88. It was a, I was writing steady from 88. But this one was, uh, you can see it's not that much. It doesn't take that long. And some of it's prayer. You know, I mean, hey, third step prayer, seventh step prayer is there. And uh, so I'll just read this one to you. This is dated 7-18-2000. God... I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you will. Uh, what happened was, I'm at work, and I had tended my resignation, but no one knew at the time, I thought. 
So this fellow comes up from another section and walks over to me and he says, congratulations, I hear you're retiring. And, um, thanks. And he says, uh, I wish I could go this early also. Okay, thanks. And I'm, I'm uncomfortable. And I don't know why I'm uncomfortable. He didn't say anything upsetting to me. I mean, he just, yeah, I'm kind of happy I'm retiring too, right? I had to go back to my cubicle and sit down and write. And this is what I wrote. Um, God, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help with your power, your love, and your way of life. May I do your will always. God, I have fear around retirement. In a little over six weeks, I will no longer work in the same way as I have for the past 32 and a half years. I will no longer get up at a set time and leave the house to be at the office. I am afraid that with this discipline out of my life, I will grow lazy. I am afraid I won't have enough money. I'm afraid that retirement will be difficult. It seems to have been difficult for my father and many other men. I'm afraid my life will become getting a cup of coffee at a fast food restaurant even though I don't drink coffee and haven't been in a fast food restaurant <laughs> for over a decade. We're not a glum lot here. <laughs> I fear not to... I'm serious. I mean, I was serious at the time. I fear not doing something worthwhile, something I want to do. I did what I did to earn a living, trying to find something I would really want to do, thinking I would do it when I found it. I never found it. I'm afraid I'll never find it. God help me to feel that I'm okay without having to be what my family expected. Help me to see that work does not define me, to feel good enough financially, I'm out, to feel good enough, financially secure and taken care of. Help me to feel valued and to contribute something of value. God, I'm entirely ready for you to remove these defects of character. That, that's my six-step statement. Please remove my lack of faith, financial insecurity, my feelings of not being good enough. Allow me to grow into the person I am to be as I make this transition into the next phase of my life. My Creator, I am now willing for you to have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. Thank you, God. Paul. So, short, um, I don't think I was really afraid of eating, but it was now, now it was nothing that was on my mind that I didn't, wasn't in touch with. And, uh, I could just go about my life. The 10th step is a powerful tool. And, um, and it isn't, um, you know, it's a, it's a day at a time program. And it's, uh, just because I wrote this on that day doesn't mean that I didn't have problems the next day that I had to deal with in a similar way. Um, so, yeah, I just, 
you know, some of the previous speaker was talking, you know, I mean, I feel blessed that uh, I was alive when this program was developed. My father died young. I mean, my father died when he was 64. He was morbidly obese, right? I mean, I'm 78. I'm 14 years older than my father lived. And, uh, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's scary thought, actually. <laughs> 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 Some, sometime the number's going to stop, but um, yeah, I just get a lot of gratitude. And I had a lot of gratitude for the people who put this together because, you know, I sort of took for granted uh, the in-person meetings that I used to be able to attend and that aren't there anymore. You know, there's just very few of them and uh, I, I'm just grateful. So thanks again to the people who did the work for this. Um, grateful. Okay, so um, prayer and meditation is interesting. <laughs> I came into program in Madrid, Spain. I had hired a recovering alcoholic to work for me at the time. And um, I didn't know he was a recovering alcoholic, except after a week working with him, he seemed to be pretty spiritual. I, 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 as a kid, I felt like my family was whacked and I was whacked. And I had to find the truth of the universe to fix myself and to try and fix my family. The problem for me wasn't that I was fat. The problem for me was my life. I, I couldn't seem to do it right. I did everything that I was told. It didn't seem to work. I wasn't a happy camper. And I didn't seem to make the people around me happy campers either. And I was the identified problem. And uh, it didn't matter how good I did, it wasn't enough, it seemed. So I studied my religion for 10 years, I'm talking like four nights a week, going to different, different rabbis and learning, hoping to find the truth of the universe. And, um, and I came and I took this job overseas, I was studying with a rabbi in Madrid at nights, and um, Oh, excuse me. And uh, this fellow had uh, what I wanted. A week after working with him, I said, what kind of spiritual path are you following? And he says, uh, I'm following the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, Anonymous, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I never would have admitted that to my boss. <laughs> in the and, you know, God forbid. So, um, really. So he gave me a big book. He gave me a 12 and 12. And he took me through the steps rather quickly because that seems to be what AA does. And around drug and alcohol. And uh, that has nothing to do with this, but... Um, oh, there we go. Another senior moment. <laughs> Prayer and meditation. Okay. So I'm in Madrid, Spain, and um, I'm Jewish. And they put ham or pork into everything there is there. <laughs> and I'm trying to eat, right? I go to a restaurant and I'll ask, does this have, um, in my poor Spanish, does it have, I, I, yeah, is this any meat, pork? 
No, 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 no meat in this dish. It was trout from the Navarra region, right? I'm good. So on, in my plate, my plate comes, it's a trout with a slice up the middle and a slice of ham in it. <laughs> and I'm going, uh, <sighs> meat? And they say, oh no, that's not meat. That's ham. <laughs> okay, so, um, oh, okay. Geez, I lost the track again. I, I, I guess I like applause, you know. Like, <laughs> I get sidetracked or, you know, laughed or it, it makes me feel good. Um, It doesn't work every time, you know. Right? So, yeah. Ah, prayer and meditation. Thank you. Okay, so it's, I'm in Europe. I'm in Madrid, and there seems to be a lot of uh, memories for me around the Holocaust. Okay, I'm, I'm part of my um, feeling unsafe in life is that I'm Jewish, and uh, when I get there. I'm riding and I wonder if, I wonder if these are the trains, you know, I took some trains, but these are the trains that took people to the, and I studied for 10 years before I came here, and there were commentaries I read of people who burnt in the camps, right? And so then I've been taken through the steps and they say, uh, he says, uh, turn your life and your will over to the care of God as you understand God. The God that I understood let righteous people burn in smoke, right? Turn to smoke. So I'll turn my life and move over to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. And um, so uh, I wasn't really keen on that. And prayer and meditation really wasn't my focus. Um, but after being in program, I, I forget exactly because... You know why? And um, it was, I think, about two years and eight months. I had, I had, I had come into program overseas. I only weighed 268, and I got to be 318, working the program as best I could without asking God for help. And I would lose 50 and gain 50, and you know, I was a. That's my type. I'm, I'm an all-or-nothing person. I can eat nothing or I can eat everything, but it's hard to eat the right amounts. And um, when you get down to goal weight, or you, when you lose some weight, that's one thing. But if you don't have the spiritual toolkit to deal with life, when you lose enough weight to feel uncomfortable with the thing in front of you, you can't hold on to the handlebars tight enough to not pick up again. And so I would bump into something that would emotionally uh, be overwhelming, or I couldn't deal with it, and not without God anyway. And uh, there I would go again. So I, I remember, you know, my scale was uh, not a digital, it was analog, and it had a peg and an arrow, and it was going to peg at 325. And I got on it, and I was 318. And I go, ooh, it's going to peg in seven pounds. And you know what? If I keep eating like this, it's not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to need a new scale. And um, that was two years, eight months, 
working it the best I could. A guy who had 25 years in AA, my big brain and my big book, right? And um, so my sponsor told me to go home and ask God for help. And uh, whew, so I lay in bed and I, uh, my first prayer was, if you're up there, um, my sponsor says I should ask you for help. And I'm crying, right? I'm not a big crier. And, um, and things started from there. So I only was going to let God into my life around food. But that's what this program really for me is about letting God into my life around everything I can or everything I'm willing to. And whenever I'm willing to let God into my life, things get better. <laughs> Who would have thought? And, um, but I had to learn this. My, all my learning comes around food. You know, The spiritual part of this program is not eating. That's the spiritual part of this program. The spiritual part of this program isn't not stealing or not being rude. What little spiritual growth I've got is by not eating and having to ask God for help to do the work I had to do to not eat. Because I cook, cook, that's a four letter word, right? That's a, I, don't, I don't cook, I mean I can't cook, shop, that's another four letter word. You know, I was a single parent, I had my kids two weeks, uh, two weeks out of every month in a row. When they were there, and I'm working uh, two jobs. I had a regular job, and the job I did at night so I could support two households in the Bay Area at the same time. I wasn't doing a good job. <laughs> and um, that brought another level of fears and uh, things. But um, so, I would ask God to do that. I, I would have to break my tasks down into small pieces and ask God to help me do, help me shop, help me cook enough stuff so that I could just grab a meal out of the refrigerator easily. Um, and I found that even though eating, like eating that half a gallon ice cream every night when I came home from work, that was the thing I looked forward to. That was my, uh, my uh, reward for working like a dog. Um, I couldn't imagine what my life would be if I couldn't have that half a gallon of ice cream because there was nothing else in my life that really gave me uh, a reprieve. And so, but I had, to, I had to do it anyway. I stopped eating a half a gallon of ice cream and without, without, without knowing ahead of time what the result was going to be, I think they call that letting go, but uh, <laughs> uh, turning it over. But from, you know, so um, I did that, and uh, I, was, I was amazed. But because I hadn't experienced the relief that that brings, I couldn't envision it. That's why I say this is an experiential program. You don't get it by reading or listening to people. You get it by trying it. And I got it by trying it. 
my sponsor told me that even though, you know, I, I had trouble with the third step, the 11th, anything with God in the beginning, it was my job to make a construct of the 12 steps that worked for me. What I'm telling you, I would hope you wouldn't try and do necessarily yourself, right? It's just a um, hope for you that you perhaps will find your own way of dealing with the, your own recovery in a way that works for you. I'm just telling you mine. Um, and uh, the other thing he told me that it takes time. He says, it's the one word in the program no one wants to hear. It takes time. And I, I didn't understand that exactly because I'm a fast learner. And, um, <laughs> but it, it takes trying things and not having the results you want and trying something else. It's just like a food plan. You set a plan, you eat it for today, or you said, this is what I'm eating today. And I'm going to die if I go anything different than that. And I, but I, for me, I made abstinence as easy as I could. I didn't say I was eating chicken and, um, and broccoli. I said I was eating protein, vegetables, and a piece of fruit. And it didn't matter if it was fish or if it was beef or whatever. And so I didn't have trouble staying abstinent because my abstinence was broad enough for me to do with, you know, it didn't matter where I was, I could, I could do that. Uh, but there were foods that uh, I don't eat. And uh, I have a problem with the red light, green light, yellow light system that I hear some people use. It's either, it's, it's, I don't know. And if it's yellow, it's, oh. And so, 10 minutes, thank you. Um, okay, so I, I I get off. Abstinence is really the key here, and everything works off of the abstinence. For me, for me, it's my story. And um, the 12 steps really, really important. You know, really important. Since I've been three weeks abstinent, and it's been a long time, this will be my 38th cycle through the holidays, abstinent, God willing, if I do what I... I wanted to make sure I mentioned that, you know, we're coming up to the holidays. And this is a great time to really have a, uh, to get into the commitment of uh, your abstinence and really making sure that you can make it as clean as you can, you know, because this is a tough time of year. It gets dark and, and the uh, Norman Rockwell families are all getting together and happy <laughs> and everything's swell. And, uh, but you, you won't have one of those families, or I didn't have one of those families, and uh, I, I wasn't with anybody, and I, oh, you know, I had a million reasons why things were tough. And so this is the time of year, really, to get your toolkit going, um, you know. Um, one of the biggest tools in my toolkit is sponsoring. You know, I, I have had a spiritual awakening. I, I have had a spiritual awakening. To me, the spiritual awakening that the program refers to is not eating compulsively. I, can, I, I eat in a way that's comfortable for me. The food feeds me. I'm physically fit, which is to me the opposite of morbidly obese. It's not my number on the scale. It's physical fitness. And, um, 
And uh, the fact, you know, I can ride a bike with my wife. I'm 78 years old. We ride a tandem. We go three times a week. Um, I don't see that many 78-year-old guys riding a bike without an electric motor. And, um, and oh, so I take the seriousness of this disease seriously. <laughs> and uh, I just want to stress it. it it's not... It, yeah, okay, so, so I was told when I was three weeks abstinent, I had to start sponsoring and give it away. And I give it away to the, up to the level of my experience. And uh, so for, um, I've been sponsoring for a long time because I haven't had a break in sponsoring people from when I was three weeks abstinent till I am now, right? I sponsor three guys right now, and I've sponsored lots of guys that are in the program here. And um, I find that it's, um, geez, I skipped over so much stuff in prayer. Oh my God. So anyway, I find um, that I learn something from every sponsee. When we're working on things that they have a problem with, I'm looking to help them bring God into their life around whatever problem they're dealing with in their lives by working the steps. And, and then I get to look at myself in relation to the problem that we're dealing with with the other fellow. And I go, ah, you know, where can I be better in that area, you know? And, uh, it's really been, it's been unbelievable. Oh, as far as, uh, I just want to, it's very important. You've got to sponsor people. It's not enough. I, I, when I first came in here, it was like, oh, I want to get the secret and get the hell out of here. Right? <laughs> but it's not. The only reason this works is because of the third and seventh step prayer. It's a contract I have with God. Why would God do anything for me? Why, when he, you know, he does it for me because I'm going to help his kids with my problem, you know, and, uh, and, and that allows me to have faith that the program's going to, that whatever I'm praying to, and I have no idea what it is, um, I just know that prayer works, that I can, I can count on it because it makes sense. What's in it for God? God's going to get his kids helping. Um, and so it's good. Prayer and meditation was really important, uh, was the way I ate my food. No TV. I sit, we've got flowers on the table, we've got candles on the table. I say a prayer before I eat. The prayer is usually, usually related to the fact that I'm hoping that the energy contained in the food that I'm about to eat will help me do right action in my life. Okay, and that um, and that I want to, I want to at least, you know. And I'm a kind of guy like my food's got to taste good, and my food does taste good. And um, so I taste something of everything, and try and focus on just the taste. And the foods we eat now, I mean, compared to what I use, they burst with joy. I mean, I mean, it's, I, 
I don't know how to describe it exactly. It's not like it always does, and it's not like I always sit down with this in, this prayer and intention, but um, it often, I just get a sense of gratitude when I taste this stuff, and I, and it just gets me right into uh, right intention. It gets me into um, you know, relationship with God, which I don't normally seek. It's not my way of being, you know. Um, oh, and the one I'll end with. What got me into prayer, in, in Judaism they give, there's blessings. There's, you're supposed to say a hundred blessings, a hundred blessings a day, and each of them begins with, and I'll put it in English for you, blessed are you, our Lord, our God, King of the universe, who? And then you fill in the blanks, who um, gives us food from the ground, or there's all kinds of blessings, and there's one for going to the bathroom. And it's, yeah, that's right. And because I'm studying these with a rabbi, and um, I'm going, go to the bathroom, you gotta you say a blessing. You know, how, you know, I mean, geez, it's overbearing here. And, um, you know, it's basically thanking God for putting orifices where they belong and not putting them where they don't belong so that the poison can come out of your system. And, uh, and uh, 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 didn't make sense to me. But my friend's daughter was born without a rectum, right? Oh, or she wow. was born, they surgically, she, she has to carry a cholestomy bag around for her to get rid of her waste. And I go, ooh, ooh. Maybe I've been taking some things for granted. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should be grateful that when I want to breathe, that there's ear. Maybe, maybe I should be grateful that when I want, you know, when I'm finished with the food that I ate, it can go somewhere. And it's, um, so I, I always chuckle because my first real thought around prayer oh, was around going to the bathroom. And that's when I thought of God the most, when I was younger in recovery, you know. But, um, I'm just grateful um, that for Overeaters Anonymous. I'm grateful. I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak because every time you you do service, oh, I could. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you.